Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It's Nile and Andrea here. Hi, hello. How are we going? Good. How are we doing? Uh, welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast, uh, episode ninety-five, I believe. So we're getting close to that uh, centennial. Um, this week's episode is all going to be about uh, the likes of we got Phoebe Bridgers' new album Punisher to in review. We've got new tracks from Pillow Queens, uh, Jufaris, uh, Idols, and more. And uh, we're going to be discussing what's been going on in the world of music and in uh, Irish nightlife in the last week. There's a bit of things to catch up on. Now, Andrea, as you said, you have been offline um, this yes. week, so maybe maybe I'll be I'll be share I'll be actually giving you the news in person. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're going to have to give me the news in person because I just literally logged out of everything at the weekend and haven't been back since, and it's been really, really, really nice. What's that like? It's, I can't do that. It's weird because I keep picking up my phone. Um, so I just have some apps for reading now on my phone. So if I pick it up, I can just kind of launch into an ebook or something. Um, so that's been kind of curbing that um sort of feeling that you have to be picking up your phone every twenty seconds. But um, but it's 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 nice. It's good. I I will be back soon. I think, but just for the moment, the piece is quite nice. <laughs> Good. Are you are you good? Are you kind of would you keep an eye on your screen time and stuff like that? No, I don't I don't want to know. Like I'm afraid of knowing uh how much time I spend. My phone tells me sometimes when I don't ask it to. It gives me like a little report and it's like this is how much you've spent on Instagram this week or whatever and I'm like I don't don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> I don't want to see how sausages are made. Isn't that the phrase? <laughs> like yeah, like no, I don't yeah. want to. No. So so now it'll be zero wasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. All right. Well, let me tell you what's been going on in the past week. Uh, seeing as you've been uh, 
willfully uh, deciding not to pay attention to it. <laughs> there has been some music industry. Obviously, we talked about Blackout Tuesday last week. The whole idea was that a lot of music people should take time to reflect and uh, think about what they can do and how they can think about things better. And that was the original intention. It seems that some people have actually done that, including the um, country band uh, Lady Antebellum. They changed their name this week because uh, the word antebellum denotes before the war and refers to pre-Civil War in the South when slavery was widespread. Um, They put out a statement uh, saying that they were going to change their name to Lady A, saying, we, when we set out almost 14 years ago, we named our band after the sudden antebellum-style home where we took our first photos. Uh, as musicians, it reminds us all of the music born in the South and influences the Southern rock, blues, R&B, gospel, and of course country. But we are, regret- we are regretful and embarrassed to say that we did not take into account the associations that weigh down this word referring to the period of history before the Civil War, which includes slavery. We're deeply sorry for the hurt this has caused and for anyone who felt unsafe, unseen, or unvalued. Causing pain was never our heart's intention, but it does cha- doesn't change the fact that indeed it just did just that. So they changed the name. Um... We understand that, that many of you may ask the question, why have you not made this change till now? The answer is that we have, can make no excuses for our lateness in this realisation. What we can do is acknowledge it, turn from it and take action. Now, their action to change their name um, is one thing, but uh, unfortunately, they didn't do a cursory Google search to see if anybody was already using the name Lady A. Turns out there was, and it's a, a black blues singer who's been using the name for like 15 or 20 oh, years. Oh, no. So not not the best not the best uh, decision there. And that's the maybe the worst having... outcome. <laughs> Is that oh, no. Lady A? Like we know what the A stands for still. So I don't yeah. know if it's that like good of a name change. Um, other people that have changed their name this week. Um, there's a UK label, kind of a sub label, um, tied to Young Turks called Whiteys that changes name to AD ninety three. Um. A lot of people seem to put their statements uh, with their kind of like defensiveness. Oh, I didn't realize this was, look, I get it. Nobody intentionally does this in, in most capacities, but still. The name Whitey's was chosen for a reference to white labels and also its phonetical spelling of the YT abbreviation. Um, after the change in direction of music, the name lost its connection to that initial idea. And since then, it hasn't felt quite right. I've used, but this is the um, the owner of the label whose name um, I did not, Nick Tasker. Um, <laughs> I've used my privilege and science to rationalize these doubts, but the recent weeks have brought these to the surface again. I don't want the name to potentially exclude or offend anyone or put talk conversation at all. At times, I feel like this may have been the case. So now it's labeled as called AD93. And the very well-known label uh one little indian is the other uh, main label that's changed its name it's now called one little independent i did see this by, one this yeah. is the only one i saw it was founded by derek burkett um maybe like 30 years ago or something like that um and again kind of defensively explaining why they picked the name as a teenager living in london in the 1970s my friend and i were deeply inspired when we learned that about some of the philosophies of the indigenous people of uh, the americas of peace love for each other and for nature and the planet and turned they were a huge influence in your anarchist punk movement i was na- naive enough at the time uh founding my label to think that the name and logo was reflective of my respect and appreciation of the culture i'm aware that my white privilege has sheltered me and fostered my ignorance on these issues i realize now that the label name and logo instead perpetuated a harmful stereotype and exploitation of indigenous people's culture that's the exact opposite of what was intended however no that is not the intention but the impact is that it is important so that's 
they have changed their name. Also donated um, some to a number of organizations, including Honoring the Indigenous People Charitable Corporation and the Association on American Indian Affairs. Uh, and then, of course, the bastion of progress that is the Grammys uh, <laughs> changed their name, uh, changed one of the categories from Best Urban Contemporary Album to Best Progressive R&B Album. Um, while I think there's still probably a lot of issues with the Grammys. There's yeah, a I mean, that that change is pretty overdue. People have been calling out the, the, the use of the phrase urban in that context for a really long time. Like urban is one of those like very visible forms of like kind of older or kind of almost racist. Like it's so like plain sight. Yeah. It's like using the word urban is like you really don't understand what that means or why you're using it. Yeah. Because using that word because you don't understand the music. Uh, Republic Records are also this last week announced that the term urban would no longer be used by the label internally or externally. So that's just some of the things that have happened in the last week in terms of uh, name changes and people reflecting and making better decisions based on themselves. Uh, obviously, you know, do a quick Google search before you change your name, whatever you do. Yeah, um, that's number there, one. there might be a blues singer out there who's already going by that name, which is just really not ideal. Um, on the subject of name changes, nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or anything like this, but Sandy Alex G has now changed his name back to just Alex G. Um, no, okay. no reason why. Um, no reason given. Just appeared on a a um thing a festival lineup as Alex G, and then you know, indie Reddit, where I now spend my time because I don't have social media. We're all like, what does it mean? And it's like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Um, but yeah, funny that that also happened this week and it had nothing to do with any of the other people changing their names. Yeah, what I saw it? that mm. today and I was like, why did he do that? I don't know. Um, Very strange. Now it's, less, now it's less memorable. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the kind of parenthesis and yeah, I like it. Well, even if you just get rid of the parenthesis, just Sandy Alex G, you're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Or it's like Alex G, you're like, could be anybody. Yeah, because apparently yeah. Alex G was a, a poet um, or is a poet, but don't know whether that person is still active and that's why the name change happened in the first place. But look, eventually we're going to run out of names like just yeah i mean we also there's also an alex goff from waterford alex goff uh you know so if he called himself alex G, he'd be in trouble as well. yeah um so yeah um pick a unique name whatever you do yeah. um and put a number at the end of it because that, that <laughs> i once did um, a interview with somebody um with an author and at the beginning of the phone call, uh, she was like, Andrea, are you an actress? And I was like, no, that's the other Andrea Cleary, because there's another Irish Andrea Cleary who is an actress. Oh, and I think it's the second time I've been mistaken for her. So I might need to do a little name change myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you keep your name. Yeah. Suited. Yeah. Um, so what has been happening this week? Well, as we know, there are no gigs happening and no festivals happening, but there um, the Taoiseach threw out a bit of hope yesterday by announcing Liam Bradker and said in a, in a statement, we were talking to press and he said, if the virus continues to be suppressed as it is now, we could see some smaller outdoor or mass gatherings in September, maybe outdoor cultural events of a few thousand people, 3,000, 4,000 or 5,000, but I'd likely to be more than that. He told reporters, and I don't really know why he said that, to be honest. Yeah, um, it feels like something given... he was just saying off the top of his head, because on the, the <laughs> last, uh, the, do you remember the last press conference he did when he was coming out and he announced the kind of acceleration of the roadmap? He came out like all guns blazing, like, lads, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. And I think he's just rolling on this like good vibes only 
thing when it comes to the coronavirus. And it's it's like, just when he quoted uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's pe- After having previously quoted the Terminator. I was extremely upset by that. <laughs> that lord of the rings reference very very upset by that but yeah i don't so really know I don't, I, I don't know why he's just come out and said this without like yeah a, a plan I think he just you know opened his mouth without thinking he said uh, that's really hard he said i would envision cinemas opening in august but i thought cinemas had already been decided they would open on july 20th but socially distant but i am told that cinemas can operate at profit socially distant uh that's really hard for live performances for theaters so that's trickier he he uh, said so I don't know, man. Well, I, well he sounds weird. like he knows his stuff anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. The demographic, and then Joseph Madigan, the Minister for Culture, said the demographic like to attend the theatre and opera generally over. So these things we have to take into account, but can't rule anything out later in the year. So they're all just basically passing the book to our uh, our new government, um, Taoiseach, uh, who's going to be Michal Martin somehow. So yeah. there we are. Um, Which I so found out on happen. the radio. <laughs> because oh, because yeah. of my like blackout it was like it just the news came on or something and it was like Michal Martin is to be the next T-shirt and I was like since when what <laughs> it was it was a very strange experience but yeah I don't I don't I'm not holding out for a whole lot of um well there, there's been a, a lot of um new cash being put into arts and culture now yeah, so that was announced uh, on Bloomsday this week mm. to coincide with, you know, we, we do things that are, are, are uh, cultured in this country. Yeah. Um, it's not quite clear exactly what's going to happen, but I know the National uh, Campaign for the Arts has been asking for additional supports for the arts sector. 20 million has been allocated to the Arts Council, uh, bringing its total this year to 100 million. While 5 million is, now this is not really clear where this where this lies or where this is going to go, but it says to go towards securing the key the future of key cultural and museum spaces, digital art and online performances. Uh, the funding will include bursaries and commissions to arts and arts organisations and resources for museums and cultural workers, and including supports for freelance artists and those looking to develop projects on a collaborative basis. I'm not sure how that's going to matter. In order to make himself relatable, the Taoiseach started talking about Bloomsday, but also talking about the appeal of normal people as a TV show and how great it was and how we all were able to talk about it. Oh, he didn't. Um, Did he? He did, yeah, yeah. Sure, we we (laughs) didn't make normal people. Well, That, um, that was made, that was made by British and American studios. No, like it was hardly RTE that had, made a, it. had a hand in, they had a hand in it as well yeah, but it was we RTE didn't. Hulu and BBC so who knows what the split was there mm. um, but yeah um, so yeah it's not really exactly clear what's going to happen with that uh, in terms of the money but um, that's the first of the 13 point plan that the National Campaign for the Arts wanted um, so they're happy enough with that today for now um, so that's clues uh, I would like to say just you know <clears throat> to for context the 25 million adds to an existing 193 million for the art sector for this year and in 2017 Leo Varadkar promised to double the arts arts budget by 2024 um so we were, that started uh, at 158 uh, million when he st- said that so double is 316.6 so he's still a long way off that um but now by the time he gets back in um as Taoiseach, um he will have to answer for it so he'll have to keep up with that one uh, another thing that's happened uh, in terms of the program for the government and how it affects 
um, our lives and the things we like to talk about uh, is that the um, the program for uh, government, the draft program for government has a number of things in it that are directly uh, uh, coming from the Give Us the Night campaign, which have been working tirelessly to address Ireland's archaic licensing laws and nighttime economy issues. Uh, last year, we did a special around this time last year. Um, uh, talking to people like Sonny O'Shar from Give Us the Night, uh, Crystal Clear and Marcus O'Leary and much more about the idea of what the nightlife economy and what we need in uh, for festivals, for venues, for licensing. So uh, as part of the um, programme, they said, um, here's some of the text from it. Uh, under the heading Nighttime Culture, the government says we will work with stakeholders from across the nighttime culture sector to develop innovative approaches to enable blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read that out. And what they said they will do is establish in the first 30 days of government a nighttime economy task force, which is something that Give Us a Night has been asking for, conduct a full review of the regulations and policy frameworks governing our nighttime culture at national and local level, including the staggering of trading hours for pubs, late bars, clubs and restaurants. So that's uh, something that pretty much everyone agrees on. Guards, taxi drivers, pubs, clubs, and um, people in the street agree that we can no longer have same, the same closing times for everything. So everyone just spills out onto the street. When we do get back to normal, it also promises to modernise the licensing laws and application processes, which could include the um, €410 Euro fee that every nightclub or late bar has to apply, has to pay per night, um, meaning that you know it's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of risk involved with opening an extra couple hours late every night that they do open and um, they're also uh, supporting the establishment of nighttime culture mayors in Dublin and Cork and uh, I don't like that they've changed the name of that to nighttime and culture mayor from nightmare I, I, <laughs> I know, yeah. The idea of us having a nightmare. <laughs> like, that's the coolest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I was very disappointed it, to see that they changed the name. All of all of the other names were never quite never quite worked for me either. So Nightmare so, is the best. <laughs> even just Night Culture Mare would have been better, I think. Mm. Uh, so just that. But yeah, that's what they said they're gonna do. Uh, and also talking about other urban areas in terms of creative and cultural infrastructure, the agent of change initiative whereby existing cultural spaces have to be taken into account into new bills that essentially means this is a quite an important one because this could mean that like as whatever venues are left after all this and spaces that are left um if there are new buildings going up around it new hotels or residential properties the idea is that um they are recognized as essentially being there first so if a new hotel or residential development has an issue with noise etc then it's up to them the developer of that um building to soundproof its new builds and possibly the uh the venue itself not to put the onus on the venue to retrofit uh, to suit its new neighbors uh, which is very important because it means like likes not that it was applied in the case of hangar or district date for example but i can definitely see it happening say tengu um where we do luma club um there's a hotel being built beside it and it overlooks the smoking area for example in tengu so you could imagine some of this could apply to that it, well, wasn't there a similar issue with the bernard shaw as well that was a kind bernard of shaw a, yes a residential yes, exactly. argument and also the Grand Social have always had that issue, yeah. even though it's in the middle of town, that people, one person gives out about uh, sound 
a noise and then they have to shut it down and not use it ever again yeah in the same way uh other things uh to increase the provision of affordable workspaces for artists and creative pr- practitioners not sure how that'll work but uh, it's good to see that there examine meanwhile use legislation for vacant buildings with a view to its potential application in ireland that means if if there is a, a building sitting idle so that it could be used for uh creative potential but how that works uh long term once people get kicked out of it when the economy restarts that kind of idea I'm not sure how that's going to work um they're the main ideas in there but they are very positive because it basically means they they give us the night campaign which has really been running for like i think 10 or 15 years yeah. which really kicked back up again the last few years they have really been listening to that and that is good so the i you know the idea for me now is to like that is there that's what they're promising so it's time for the us to hold them to that at the very least yeah. And make sure that, you know, that's what they said they would do. And that's what they said is present. So uh, what they're planning on doing. So I know there's a pandemic and all that, but like, you know, the point is that venues have to do, if they do come back, when they do come back, um, you know, they need all the uh, red tape and barriers to putting on successful nights and profitable nights uh, removed so that they can actually make money and get back on their feet again. So that yeah. would be a part of it. I think as well, so it's probably a bit of convenient timing, given that we're about to have a government changeover um, to kind of just slip this in at the end there. Um, and then the blame can be put on whoever is taking over next if it's not um, kind of followed through with as much um kind of ad- attention to detail as as we would like so yeah no definitely we, we need to be kind of putting pressure on them and supporting the give us the night campaign because they have, like you said they've been working so hard on this and it's it's not just like they're not knocking on the door and complaining like they're they're coming with plans and um kind of re- reasonable requests to like essentially just you know make it better for everybody make it better for taxi drivers make it better for guards make it better for owners of clubs and make it better for residences as well so hopefully something good comes out of it yeah well there you go um that is the plan that's all the news for this week pretty much you've been you've been caught up now andrea that's that's everything that's happened is it okay that's good pretty much like i mean yes there's always always other bullshit happening but you know Mm. we don't want to talk about that this week um do you have a reason to be cheerful this week so my reason to be cheerful this week is uh related to our album of the week which is uh phoebe bridger's new album and a collaborator of hers lucy dacus who was part of the boy genius ep super group from three years ago ish i think yeah um so off the back of listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers this week, um, I started listening to Lucy Dacus again and have just fallen in love with her most recent two albums. I think she's got three albums, but I've been listening to the most recent two. And then it just, I, I was like just Googling her. And then I saw that she's doing a Royal Albert home. So a Royal Albert Hall run home session tonight at half past eight and it's free and it's on the royalalberthall.com it's going to be too late for anybody listening to this to watch it <laughs> but my reason to be cheerful is that i'm gonna go to that and pretend i'm at a gig and Great. it was just so serendipitous that i happened to have googled it today and then showed up so i'm gonna go to a gig tonight 
Well, I did have that in the gig guide this week, so all you had to do was ask. Oh, well, sure told luck. You. <laughs> sure luck, sure listen. And also, um, Phoebe Bridgers is doing one Thursday night, and oh. uh, Angel Olsen's doing one Friday night. So, you know, As part of this series, they're all part of this series, is it? No, I think they're all just uh, different ones. Oh, different they're things. All, like Phoebe Bridgers doing one because the album's out. Yeah. And then uh, Angel Olsen is performing Halfway Home in full, I believe. Oh. What is interesting now, I'm seeing a lot more of those um, shows asking for, like, to be ticketed events. Mm. Uh, Ryan Vale and Elmer Orkstra, the Borders uh, guys are doing a show next Tuesday, Wednesday, um, which is exactly that. They're asking for eight uh, pounds for that. Yeah. Uh, and then I've seen a few other gigs like Angel Olsen is asking for $15 uh, um, to, to get access to watch this as well. Mm. And I've seen a few more of those. Um, I think um, District 8 are doing one on Saturday. Uh, which is uh, Sonny Sharp, Colleen Aaron, and uh, host Emmett Kirwan, which is a tenor. So I'm not sure if people are going to do that, but uh, I'd I think they it's... might because I mean, like, if if you were to look at the the support that uh, the Bandcamp days have had in terms of people wanting their money to go directly to artists, I suppose it depends where the money is going. Um, like if if people are upfront with, like, I think the 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 Royal Albert Hall session tonight you can donate I think like five eight or ten pounds to it and that goes to the venue and to paying um Lucy um so like if people are upfront about it I'd be more than happy to kind of donate but yeah I, I don't know how well like ticketed things will work do you know yeah but I think I think it's just it's just an acknowledgement of the um absolute essential thing that needs to happen in terms of artists like we can't they can't keep asking for donations or or not even asking for donations or and then like similarly they can't keep giving their money own money away that they earn from Bandcamp to other causes although you know uh massey the movement for asylum seekers in ireland uh put up a tweet yesterday that said they uh seventy thousand euro uh was logged into their bank account wow. uh, last weekend after all a lot of artists um donated all their profits. That's um, a reason to be cheerful. Sales. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> that is a reason to be yeah, that's so amazing. You we made it there. You actually linked my one yeah. uh, to yours. <laughs> so that worked out pretty well. Um so yeah, pretty amazing that um seventy thousand euro from mostly directly from artists, apparently. Um so that's a, a really great uh, thing. But yeah, now is the time to really like think about supporting those artists as well as um directly so that, you know, no matter what the arts council or the arts fundings uh, is happening, we can't we can't always rely on handouts from grants or government. Yeah. Um, and it's often difficult for people who don't come from positions of privilege to get those grants uh, as well. So, so supporting artists that are um, maybe non-white or don't have the same level of privilege as other artists who have the time and resources to be applying for grants all week um, is also very important too. Yeah, that's a whole other um, conversation yeah. as well. The Having the ability to put together a cogent um, <coughs> application form yeah. for a grant. Um, the, my other reason to be cheerful this week also involves a live stream. Um, I watched The Blaze Up the Alps. Um, they had a, a live stream last week where they uh, performed two, two miles above sea level um, on a mountain in uh, the French Alps. And uh, it's pretty amazing cool drone drone footage used as part of it as well they're basically performing above the clouds it's pretty amazing um so i've been really enjoying that this week two miles and doesn't uh, feel like that much 
I just three thousand six hundred plus meters. I think oh, it was. Yeah, that's that feels like is, more. So. <laughs> 12,000 feet to be preferred feet those numbers are bigger yeah when people say miles I'm like I don't, I don't know what that means yeah <laughs> how far is that maybe, maybe I've walked two used. miles it can't be that far have you walked two miles up into the sky? <laughs> no. no I don't so. think so but it's, yeah I don't know but that sounds cool I didn't realize that clouds were only two miles above us so every day is a school day <laughs> Depends depends on where you are in the world, I think. True. Um, So, yeah. Um, So, that was uh, something else uh, which I put up on the site this week, which I uh, very much enjoyed. Um, And I think that's my main reason to be cheerful this week, just seeing, you know, increased support. I know June 19th is uh, Van Camp will be donating all of their uh, 100% of their share of sales to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund in the US. um, And they said they're going to do that every year. Um, so yet again, uh, another example of, you know, just the difference between a, the likes of Bandcamp and uh, uh, Spotify, where they stand for a cause of, of social justice and are actively seem to be doing that. I bought so much. Another reason to be cheerful I had this week is that I bought so much music on, on Bandcamp, more than I've maybe ever bought in my entire life uh, this week. Uh, just single tracks mostly because I've been, I'm putting together a... An all Irish electronic mix for uh, the Keltronic Festival, um, which is going to be like a, a live stream thing. So I've been getting and uh, downloading loads and loads and loads of uh, new music released in the last year that I didn't have on my um, DJ keys. I think I probably must have downloaded about like 100 tracks at least um, officially and uh, then gather the rest from you know people have emailed me and stuff like that so i have now have 300 tracks so that's where i'm at now Yikes. 300 tracks released in the last two years uh, from irish i didn't even artists. know there were 300 songs there's that was only the half of it i said <laughs> there was a lot more I had, to, I had to stop at some point today i was like Do you know what i need to stop this now so because i have to get the actual mix done so i have to, <laughs> i have 300 things to choose from just the sheer amount of artists who are making really good music so that's another reason to be cheerful excellent uh Okay, so we're going to move on to our album of the week this week. Our uh, album is by Phoebe Bridgers, the 25-year-old Los Angeles singer with her second album. It is called Punisher. And here is a song from it called Kyoto. Day off in Kyoto, at the temple, around at the Okay, that was Phoebe Bridger's song is called Kyoto um, and her album Punisher is out um, this Friday. Um, I didn't had never heard the term Punisher before, just to talk, get this part out of the it's way. It's not for it you and I, American it's, term. it's a secret thing from, from the sounds it's, of it. Um, what is the crack with so it? So a Punisher is um, a person who, after a show, 
hangs out at the merch stand for a bit too long talking talking to you and uh kind of just being a bit fan-y about you um which I yeah I, I also hadn't heard that phrase and I really I think it's a very American or I really hope it's never applied to me before <laughs> maybe when I was a teenager and I met some bands that I liked and I'd be like oh my god I think you're really cool but um yeah it's it's a funny word for it um so she sort of uh Phoebe Bridgers um on the title track of this album uh plays the role of the Punisher uh, in a sort of a, a love letter to her personal hero, Elliot Smith, and imagines what it would be like um, if she met him and sort of deduces that it's probably for the best that she doesn't because she knows too much about him and um, it would probably freak him out a little bit. And I think that that's a very um, relatable concept um, for for me anyway and especially about Elliot Smith like I definitely he is one of those artists that if you know if he was obviously still alive um and he was across the room from me I don't know if I would go over and say hello because I I think it would it would shatter a lot of my own kind of personal relationship with him and his music so yeah. uh it's a, it, don't meet your heroes exactly sometimes. yeah so, sometimes sometimes it's okay but other times maybe if you if you love them like so much that they're a part of your identity it's probably maybe for the best not to but I think everybody has their own sort of experiences with that but yeah so she she kind of um I I think that song um which hasn't been released as a single um is a bit of a standout on the record I really really love it okay let's rewind for a second yeah. and just give you some background in case you don't know who yes who, who's Phoebe Bridgers just straight into that yeah um so she had an album out in 2017 called Strangers and Stranger in the Alps which from the New Yorker profile this week was actually a misheard lyric or a misheard subtitle called Stranger in the Ass that right anyway um she is a LA Los Angeles singer-songwriter 25 years old um this is her second album, but since to the first and the second album, she has teamed up with uh, Julian Baker and uh, Lucy Dacus as Boy Genius um, and released a fine EP together with those two. And then after that, up with uh, teamed up with Connor Oberst as Better Oblivion Community Centre on the self-titled album that we discussed here last year. And it was many people's critical favourites and fan favourite. A really good album. And so we arrived at uh, Punisher, her second album proper, um, which features a lot of the same people Lucy Dawkins is here Julian Baker uh, features on that song Punisher as well uh, War Paints Jenny Lee Lindbergh is on this somewhere and uh, none of these guests are really like standout features I know that Connor Oberst does feature as well and uh, Nick Sinner of the AAS and Bright Eyes Natalia Walcott is also on it but how would you describe um, Punisher if you're coming to Phoebe Bridgers from uh, as a first listen um, so um Matt Matt Berninger from um The National um told the writer of that uh, New Yorker piece that you referenced there that um Phoebe writes so well about boredom and sadness he said and I think that that's a really uh that's probably your way in um she she writes folk tinged indie rock that is um so meticulous about its lyrics that it can some it it can sound like it's effortless, but 
fans of people like, you know, Bright Eyes, Elliot Smith, these kind of um, folk-leaning kind of emo um, will know that 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 is more difficult to do than it seems and I think that um that Phoebe does it really really wonderfully it's it definitely if if you know her first record and haven't really been keeping up with her in terms of her um collaboration since then it definitely builds on it um sonically like it builds on the foundations that she had with that debut but it's definitely much more expansive in terms of both its themes and its instrumentation and styles. Like she's really playing around with a lot of new styles here and she's doing such a good job at it. Um, So we've heard three tracks. We've heard Kyoto, we've heard I See You and we've heard Garden Song. Um, And I think Kyoto and Garden Song are absolutely two standouts on this. In particular, Kyoto is one of my favorite songs of the year so far. Um, And there's just a lot by way of kind of building on those themes from the first record where she was sort of confronting things about herself, confronting her own depression, confronting her own space within the world. Whereas now I think she's coming at it with more maturity and more like leaving more space to live alongside those things and not being as afraid of them and kind of just accepting those ideas as part of her identity. And she sounds very, very comfortable in it. This is also the first of her solo records, which yes, there's only been two, but this is the first time that she has co-produced a solo record. Uh, So she's very much in the driving seat here. And it's interesting to note that she, while producing a solo record is so is still remains so open to collaboration and I think that that's something that's just going to define her sound now going forward because she does collaborate so well um like her her voice style even like her falsetto just it blends so beautifully with other voices and I think particularly in that boy genius EP you could hear it with Lucy Dacus's like very low uh alto and then uh, Julian, oh, what's her name? Uh, Jul- Julian Baker. Julian Baker. Thank you. Um, with her, her kind of very, very high soprano, and the three of them just blended so well. And then she obviously worked so beautifully with with uh, Connor Oberst as well. So she she can definitely drive these songs and drive this music on her own with her own voice because she does have that beautiful, beautiful kind of engaging falsetto. That is definitely reminiscent of the music that she was listening to when she was a teenager, namely Bright Eyes and Elliot Smith and Death Cab for Cutie and and those kind of things. Um, But with the kind of lyrical leanings and lyrical stylings of a Joni Mitchell or uh, like she's been compared to Bob Dylan, like and, and, and like these, they're they're kind of huge statements, but I think that they're pretty fair in terms of what she's doing with her lyrics. She's really, really meticulously spending time and make like, there's not a single superfluous word on this record. Like nothing she's saying isn't doing a particular job at a particular time. So if you are the type of person who likes to really dive into lyrics and really like just spend time with lyrics and trying to work out what they might, what they might mean, 
even though they seem kind of simple on the surface level, this is absolutely the album for you. Um, and it's worth spending that time with. And if you're not that type of person, it sounds beautiful. It's really beautifully, impeccably produced and very pretty. Um, I, I think she's done an unbelievable job with this. Yeah, it's a much lusher sound than her debut, but also it has the same producers uh, on board as well as herself, uh, Tony Berg and Ethan Krus- Gruska. Um, they, and I think the thing about Phoebe Bridges that the first time I heard a song of hers was Scott Street. Mm. And um, everything she, ever since she arrived, she always had this like weight and dignity, authenticity and like gravitas in her voice that you just immediately drawn to. Yeah. And it's something, it's the reason I've kind of been brought back and that's why you totally believe everything she says. And, you know, she doesn't have to say a lot because she says it with such sincerity. Um, you know, and <clears throat> I guess in general, you know, there's talk of, you know, millennial ennui as they say in terms of like that's what they she's always described as a millennial and a retweet a retweet of hers recently kind of you know people born between 1995 and 2000 are neither gen gen z or millennial we know only pain so there's a (laughs) bit of that here in terms of how she's feeling about things there's a lot of doom um but she she does it so well in terms of um, how she gets that across. And musically, it's a very strong and confident album about being a person who is ever-present with doubt in the back of their mind. Like, they're talking about Kyoto, um, which is really two, a song about two things. It's a song about her dad and the bad relationship, like a, 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 a familial relationship in disrepair where she said, <clears throat> you know, she's talking about, you know, how he's not that great of a dad, really, but... On the backdrop of it is like she talks about uh, how she feels like a bit of an imposter. Day off in Kyoto, got bored at the temple, looked around at the 7-Eleven, dreaming through Tokyo skies and wanted to see the world. Then I flew over the ocean and it changed my mind. Um, there's a lot of those kind of ideas there where like you feel like when I grow up in Garden Song, when I grow up, I'm going to look up from my phone and see my life, um, which is a very millennial statement, actually. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I think she just does it so well. And um, But then there's also some elements of like dark humor in there, like in Chinese satellite, I hate living by the hospital. The sirens go all night. I used to joke that if, if they woke you up, somebody better be dying. Um, and that's kind of like, there's a duality there with her and that kind of like doom and sadness that it's in the back of her. That's the backdrop of kind of the album. Like uh, in, I see you, I hate your mom. I hate it when she opens her mouth. Like it's kind of funny, but it's also true. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that. I do think there's, um, what I love about this album is that I think, well, the songs are are really, really strong. Uh, I do agree with you that Kyoto and Gar- Garden Song, I think, is probably my favorite one, but I'm still, it's the one I'm still most familiar with. I just think it's really hard to write a song as delicate and, you know, that's been kind of written a thousand times, but sounds like it's a totally new thing. And yeah. I think that's testament to her songwriting as well as her voice. It just, you know, it's so fully realized and and you know you've heard songs like that before but yet uh it totally draws you in and feels like a a fresh thing i uh, actually I, parts... I think a garden song has like and it's it's the kind of the first song proper because the the first track is a is an instrumental opener called a dvd menu but i think it it opens with some of the strongest lyrics on the record as well like and it 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 the the first person is a very fine example of how how she can kind of layer meaning 
for like like I was saying that kind of surface level domesticity very immediate thing like she's the first verse goes someday I'm gonna live in your house on the hill when your skinhead neighbor goes missing I'll plant a garden in the yard then they're gluing roses on a flatbed I mean you should see it oh you should see it I mean thousands I grew up here till it all went in flames except the notches in the door frame and there's so much going on there like there's the idea of her murdering a skinhead and burying him in the garden and like gluing roses on on floats there's this um uh, the rose parade that they do in Pasadena California where uh, there's like lots of different floats in different shapes of things with, with roses glued to them I grew up here till it all went up in flames you know that's a, a pretty uh obvious reference to the California fires but also you know you you can really really dig down you can dig right down and sorry she says in that New Yorker article that's a reference to um the fact that her their house actually went on fire Mm. a year before um her parents divorced so yeah it's a literal uh house on fire and there's that that as well you know like there's she she just seems to kind of view her life through and view her experiences through these metaphors and through these kind of ways of making the mundane and the domestic kind of universal. Something else that I haven't seen anybody else mention, but the first lyrics are someday I'm going to live in your house up on that hill. And I'm wondering if that's a, a strokes reference to up on a hill uh, is, where, is where we begin. Um, and I'm just going to take it as being a Strokes reference because I know that she's a big fan of the Strokes, but I haven't seen anybody else make that connection. So I want to throw that in there as well. But um, Garden Song's stunning. Like it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I think like there's not there's not a bad song on this album. Like I it, it doesn't really like the The tempo kind of slows around the middle with Halloween, Chinese Satellite and Moon Song. But it it's kind of like she's her lyrics keep you so on your toes that the the change in tempo and the the switch down in tempo doesn't really af- affect the impact that it's having on you. Do you know? Yeah, um, I absolutely am like totally gripped the whole way uh, through, and it's like one of those ones where you really do want to pour over the lyrics a bit more. Um, just to note, and and I know like Phoebe Bridgers featured on the 1975's most recent album. Yes, um, we did not like, like that of, song. <laughs> unfortunately, it was a nice idea um, because I liked, you know, there was uh, elements of that song lyrically that I, I liked, but mostly what I liked mm. about it was Phoebe Bridgers' voice. But Same. it's interesting on Moon, Moon Song, um, it is, there's kind of elements of the 1975 style production in terms of like, the little kind of sampled voice and stuff like that, which is definitely uh, a new thing for the British music. Yeah. Um, but mostly we're just like talking about this really well put together, like beautiful, like atmospheric, folky kind of uh, singer songwriter, a little bit of like power pop here and there, a little bit of like indie stuff. But it's all, it never too strongly either way other than Kyoto here, where it feels like, but it doesn't sound like, it's you know a mid-tempo and like that it totally suits what she's doing and I think it kind of almost backs up the kind of oblique and evocative way she writes her lyrics and like she did say in a, in a recent interview she said um 
Uh, oh, it's way sadder to be just describe what's happening and not say how you feel about it. Um, so, you know, that kind of is that idea of, you know, but she chooses those words so carefully that um, it's, you know, it's almost more evocative for what you don't say yeah. uh, because of what you do say. How do you find the, the, the I see a lot of talk about the, the last track, I Know the End. Yeah, I I think the album finishes so strongly. So like the the last two songs on it, um, the last two songs on it, I think, are fantastic. Um, so Graceland 2 is the, is the second last track and that uh, features uh, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. Um, and it's this kind of really gentle banjo fiddle theme under a really folk driven third person story. And then you've got those harmonies from Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker that just make fans of boy genius like me very very happy um they just sound completely angelic together and i think that 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 style that more folk country style suits the three of them very well um i know dacus has an album coming out later this year so i wonder if the three of them will kind of appear together on that again because i i like them as the center of their own venn diagram the three of them um and then that goes into i know the end which is essentially a song for the end of the world um and it's it's just such it's such an epic like it's it's Phoebe Bridger's version of a epic prog rock song <laughs> and it's by no means an epic prog rock song but it's it's her kind of take on that and it really is a journey like it has this amazing change up in the middle and that chorus of voices at the end with that kind of building percussion underneath it, it it's completely anthemic um that kind of the end is here with all of those voices like you've got uh Lucy and Julian Blake Mills uh Nick Sinner Christian Lee Hudson and and others and they they all just kind of I think Connor Oberst is on is on this track as well and they're all just kind of like anthemically singing the end is here the end is here with this amazing beautiful brass underneath that is kind of bright eyesy it's kind of neutral milk hotel it's kind of 2000s indie rock featuring brass and it's completely gorgeous um and i think that that's how you close a record <laughs> that's how you do it like it is it is it is really really stunning it's 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 something to kind of lie down with and and let it kind of wash over you i i love it and then yeah she she describes it as like a metal song which it absolutely isn't but you know the, the there is there is a tonal shift there towards the end and she she attempts some kind of screaming and then when the music dies out you can hear her kind of giggling her way through those screams and kind of bringing it back down to her playing this part and and um pushing the boat out and experimenting and and getting it right as well um and knowing her place within it um i i love the last song what, what did you think of it yeah i thought it was really good i've only got a chance to listen to it twice actually mm. because it's at the end of the record but, it's uh, the longest track in the record as well i think it's nearly six yeah. minutes long yeah no it's uh it's fantastic i, lo- I love that <laughs> the way it goes down again like there's literal screaming and then it's brought back to like some whispers yeah and uh, I like the howling in it. It's very cathartic, that um, idea as well, you know, like just really going for it and like fucking just screaming. Like that, the end is here. And and because, you know, like this was obviously written before the end was actually here. Um, but it's it still is kind of tinged with an element of hope. And um, that's that's something that I think like you might necessarily associate Phoebe Bridgers with like 
hopeful music, but she she doesn't she doesn't dwell a whole lot. She kind of I think I I think the way she writes and the way she she writes for herself is by a, a means by which to get through the thing, and that in itself is a sort of um is is a hopeful process. Um, so it was nice to 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 end the album with this kind of anthemic um almost celebration of the end uh which i thought yeah i thought it was really really cool and like it, it the uh, the album doesn't overstay its welcome it's it's 10 tracks essentially because we've got that that instrumental opener um and it absolutely leaves you wanting more from it um which unlike other albums that she has appeared on this year um, <laughs> you know so yeah it's it's it, I, I think it's it's a excellent album and it's uh it's definitely her most confident work certainly are you saying this stuff. is better than the 1975 album? well <laughs> like yeah <laughs> oh this this is one of the best albums i've heard this year like absolutely this is this is this is good stuff uh it I, it's up there with soccer mommy for me um and if I think it's better than that, I would prefer it to that. To the soccer mommy one. Yeah, I kind of I I I when I finished this I went and listened to Colour Theory like straight away. So I I'm I'm kind of have them both connected in my head. And they've worked together before. I think um Soccer Mommy has supported Phoebe or vice versa uh, in the past and they're friends and stuff, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of those um, very good um, women songwriters like uh, along that you mentioned like a Venn diagram there's like the likes of uh, Lucy Dawkins obviously Julia uh, Jacqueline would be in there yeah. like I actually have a really lovely playlist of all of those uh, Soccer Mommy uh, Snail Mail um, you know stuff like that Saint Sister even I have a lovely playlist that I've listened to a lot um, which I share with actually Patreon oh, subscribers send it to me back. that sounds like my Sad Girl Summer playlist is pretty much that oh, yeah. as well yeah. you, you can have it thank you, you. Know, I, just add, I just added a few of the new uh, Phoebe Bridgers tracks into it there just so I'll have them um, for the next time I listen but yeah that is a uh, very good um, and uh, a really great album a really um a nice problem, I mean, nice is not the word for it, but, uh, you know, a good album for these times. And that's what I'm finding a lot. The things that are connecting and resonating are the things that um, seem to make sense a little bit more in, even though they're acknowledge the doom and acknowledge the, um, the, uh, the future and how it may not be here or, or much longer or whatever, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of bright futures in this music and the music we've been listening to in the last few weeks, but um, it is somewhat of a comfort to know that other people are articulating it in a way that uh, is also very engaging. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's play a bit of Garden Song from uh, the album Punisher. Someday I'm gonna live in your house up on the hill and when your skinhead neighbor goes missing I'll plant a garden in the yard Then they're gluing roses on a flatbed You should see it, I mean thousands I grew up here till it all went up in flames Except the notches in the door frame Got taller. See our reflection. 
Okay, that's our album of the week from Phoebe Bridgers. It is called Punisher, out this Friday. I had to go listen to that when it comes out. Uh, we're going to move on to songs of the week. Our first track this week is from the band Idols, who have a third album out on September 25th. And uh, this track is, well, the album itself is called Ultra Mono. And the first track they released today is called Grounds. Grounds. It's called Grounds. <laughs> Not a single thing has ever been mended By you standing there and saying you're offended Go ahead, tell them what I've intended I say what I mean, do what I love and fucking send it Do you hear that thunder? That's the sound of strength in numbers There's nothing Okay, that was uh, Idols with Grounds, as I said, uh, pronounced like an RT. And an <laughs> Fair enough, an RT presenter, no ground. problem. Uh, so yeah, uh, Idols are a band you may know uh, for their reputation uh, with very visceral, uh, sweaty live shows and vitriolic albums of uh, toxic masculinity bashing, uh, punk rock, uh, their third album is called Ultramono with and Parts on Records on September 25th. Follow up to a, a much uh, lauded album, Joy as an Act of Resistance. Uh, this one, in the, interestingly, was made in Paris and features some um, production by the hip-hop producer Kenny Beats. Um, so that's uh, that piqued my interest. As well as the fact that uh, Jenny Beth from Savage's Warren Ellis is on this and Jamie Cullum plays something on it as well. So maybe you weren't expecting that. Um there is a lot of comparisons and a lot of parallels between the likes of Idols and the bands that we end up talking about a lot, like the Fontaines here. Um, and I think, if anything, uh, what I like about the Idols, Idols compared to um, the likes of the Fontaines, like Fontaines have been using um, Brendan Behan as their crutch or like poetry, you know, that kind of uh, Irish romanticism. And that's fine. That's totally grand. That's what they like. That's what they love. Um, to me, uh, Idols feels a bit more modern in lots of ways, the way they uh, talk about things and the way they uh, address those kind of topics. It's very much like a modern, more modern music. Um, like on that song, Grounds, uh, uh it appears to be also talking about, you know, how um, Joe, Joe Talbot's, uh, you know, being from Bristol, there's could possibly a reference to like statues that shouldn't be there. And uh, there's a lyric here that says there's also there's nothing brave and nothing useful. You scrawling your aggro shit on the walls of the cubicle, saying my race and class ain't suitable. So I raise my pink fist and say black is beautiful. So that's kind of arriving at the right time. They are the kind of band who do those kind say those kind of things and are looking to maybe dismantle some of those ideas around toxic masculinity by just writing uh rip roaring uh punk rock music that is also has quite a keen edge in terms of pop stuff um like very memorable uh they're 
to be honest, for me, I never really got into them um, before other than... Me neither. And I think I should. They've kind of passed me by. And a, a lot of people, especially around those conversations about Fontaine's DC, would have said things like, oh, well, you know, they're they're ripping off idols or or idols do it better or whatever. And I just never investigated them. Um, but I do like this. So I should probably go and listen to them. I feel like maybe they were uh, as subtle as a sledgehammer before. And maybe there's some elements, more right. elements of subtlety here that uh, maybe will I will find a bit more interesting for myself personally. Um, you know, um, okay. so I'm, I'm interested in see what it's I like. mean, I'm not exactly looking for punk to be that subtle either so I no but really it was a bit like that. you know like the songs that people talked about like never fight a man with a perm uh danny nadleco you know they're very like shouty like sing-along kind of like they're a bit rowdy and it was shouty for shouty yes, sake yes that's what i was probably trying to say there okay. i don't really know what i was trying you think about those things when you're like when so many other people are into something you're like what are they saying that I'm not? Or like, is it just the mm. pure shouty bits that everyone gets everyone hyped up? And then, you know, there's really good, there are really good lyrics there that with idols. That well, that's how I feel been. about Fontaine CC yeah. is that I'm, I'm looking at them like, I don't, I, I don't get it. And someday maybe I will get it. And it's just, it's not this day. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to go off the back of this track, which I think is good. Um, I, I will go and, investigate further because like even just as an Irish music critic I should probably know them more than I do yeah um, they're not going away I just, so I just don't uh, know definitely yeah, yeah exactly yeah so might, might as well get used to uh, it well another band who aren't going away are Pillow Queens and they have a new album out hey. on September 25th as well called In Waiting so same day they had a new track out this week called Handsome Wife So that is uh, Pillow Queen's song is called Handsome Wife. Album is called In Waiting, uh, their album. And we have been in waiting for this album, let me tell yeah. you. This is, yeah, I can't wait. This is great. Yeah, it's really good. Handsome Wife is, on. oh, I love it's it. All- I actually, I don't, I don't think Pamela Donnelly's ever sounded better. Um, what, Like as soon as the, the opening kind of uh, bars of this kicked in, I was like, yep, 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 yep. Give it to me. Love it. Pillow Queens have bars. Um, yeah, uh, this is from the album In Waiting. Uh, we have heard a number of tracks from the album, which include uh, Brothers, Gay Girls, uh, How Do I Look? And the song on there called Child of Prague, which I... And a song called Dona Mead as well. So there you go. Uh, Handsome Wife is about the importance of life's underappreciated moments. 
uh, a glimpse into the emotional homecoming, one that intensifies and romanticizes the seemingly insignificant through mundane but tender moments and the video um, does uh, hold a mirror into that idea as well. Um, the video is the nicest video made in lockdown that I've seen. It's very, very lovely and moving and I got a bit emotional. When yeah, I if I have to see another video of uh, made over Zoom or or like in like isolation, I'm just going to like start crying. I'm just like, it's, you know, know, that's a nice way of doing it. You don't have to use, yeah. you know, you can still go out and shoot something subtle. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, because this this video, it doesn't, um, it doesn't necessarily point to the, yes. like it doesn't, it doesn't have tie to point itself to the current pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. It completely works independently um, as its own thing. But I think it's just sort of amplified by by this. Um, and yeah, it's gorgeous. I, th- I think this this song is really, really gorgeous. Um, every, everyone's going hell for leather in it. Like all, all four of them are bringing their all. Um, and I, I cannot wait for this album. This is one of my most kind of, anticipated albums of this year I'm, I'm i'm glad we're finally getting it yeah very good uh videos by kate dolan i believe right kate Dolan, yeah yeah very yeah. good and um, that is pill queen's uh, album is called waiting out same date as uh idol's uh song is called handsome wife our next track is also your choice this week it is by a band from galway called new dad and this is called cry So that's New Dad. I know three things about this band. I know that they are an alt rock band from the West of Ireland. I know that they have literally three songs on Spotify. And I know that they sound a bit like the Pixies, Cocktail Twins and Slow Dive. And any other information, I couldn't find it readily. Um, But I just I came across this song on Spotify and it kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit. And I was like, oh, who is this? And then I noticed that they were an Irish band. and was surprised I hadn't heard of them yet and really just really 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 like this sound think it's great yeah uh, only familiar with these because they send us on the tracks and um, we featured them in a new Irish tracks and uh, not too long ago uh, this song came out last Friday it, yeah exactly I don't know much more about them other than they're Galway based and uh, their yeah. songs are their three songs so far are very similar um, but this is uh, yeah probably the, they're all very yeah. good they're really good. Um, I I'm really digging their sound. I think they're they're a nice kind of uh, uh, they're nice to listen to. Besides the new Pillow Queens uh track as well. Indeed, because it came on one after each other, and I was that. like, I don't know who this is. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't yeah. Far. I think they're quite young as well. I feel like there is might there might be so, a big yeah, connection yeah. with that as well. Um, so that mm. is new dad, all one word. If you're yep. looking to find out look more out for about them. them, um, yeah, even their pictures they look a bit young as well. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. All right, our final track this week is by Jafaris. It is called Glue. Made real friends like best friends first. Used to chill and just watch Martin till she fell asleep first. Used to leave my house, meet up, and we would have on the same shirt. Connection is a crazy thing, I'm glued to you I find it hard to stay apart I pull you, pull me too Wow, opposites attracting, that's a fact now Proving difficult to leave you in the past now Feels unnatural to have you in the background In the background In the background Cracked in your heart, you don't deserve it That thing was perfect, and you was worth it Still are Jafaris who dropped a new track last week a first solo song from him since uh, the album Stride from last year so not really wasting too much time uh, being a bit quiet I guess but uh, that's uh, to be understood I know he played a number of new songs in the gig remember them again every week every week you're like ah. oh, okay um, well we did gig with <laughs> okay. him last year he Mad. did a number of new songs and I'm, I'm not sure if that was this was here but uh, yeah this is about the end of a long term relationship and how uh, you're so close to somebody uh, they're pretty much everything to you and how it doesn't quite feel like it uh, disappears completely um, I like what Jafaris does because I think he always brings some nuance into what he's doing and that is a nuance kind of thing to be uh, writing a song about so uh, respect to him for that and I think it's really good I think this is a really cool track this is uh, it's definitely experimenting more uh, than what we heard on the album. I really, really like the kind of jazz chords that run through it. I think they work really well. His flow is really kind of intricate and sometimes conversational, but then it kind of leans into this like very, very poetic kind of flow. And yeah, I really, really like this. Uh, it, it took me a few listens to kind of get into the lyrics because I kept getting distracted by how not nice it sounds um but yeah really 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 like this and it, even if it's just a standalone thing um ha- happy enough with that but I am I will admit that I'm excited by a um potential new album um which would be nice even next year um and yeah he's just great like he's he's a superstar I like, think he's just improving every now. release at this point yeah. so um me I don't too. see him letting up on that. Uh, he did a he featured on Joy Crook's track early last year. I was also on Jules Holland as well, um, performing that. So uh, hopefully, in the near future, he'll get back on uh, Jules Holland under his own steam. I um, haven't said that. I don't know if you saw any of it, but uh, I feel really sorry for any bands, even the Fontaines and Big Pig, who were asked by Jules Holland to appear, but all 
but appear during uh, the time where no one can actually get into the studio. I know, because it's like, like being in there is the point yeah. of Jules Holland. Like it's, and Jules It doesn't count if you do, if you do Jules Holland when you record a video at home, I even know. if somebody does a really nice version. So disappointed the, to see that for some of the acts who are like, hopefully they will get back on. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually having a, a full show of Jules Holland because they haven't put up everything on YouTube. But um, there's a couple of new tunes up there that are like, oh, we wanted to support these acts. Um, so hopefully they actually get to perform in the studio. That'd be like, that's your, that'd be career highlight playing uh, in Jules Holland. You just never know who's oh, going to show up. Absolutely. Like, oh my God. Career highlight for me would be attending Jules Holland. <laughs> I love him. And I, yeah, I've, I've always loved how, how the, how, how it's structured as well. Like that's part of the appeal of it. You might so, have Ronnie yeah, Wood looking at you or there. whatever, you know, just don't know who's going to show yeah, up. Yeah. You know? And you're like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> you, you really have to bring it. You have to be on your yeah, A. As far as I know, I think it's Jules like, on. uh, in a studio quite far out of London. So like, it's not, you can't just like rock up in the evening. You have to plan to get there. So if you, if you ever do want to go, it's kind of like, you gotta be you gotta be prepared and uh get in there some way but uh yeah um so that's our songs of the week this week have we any other business before um we go and usually when i say before we go that's another 10 15 minutes of chat <laughs> go put the kettle on um yeah i have some stuff that i've been doing this week let me let me think now um Lucy Dacus, I mentioned um been listening to her a lot and sort of just listening around the kind of that Venn diagram that we were talking about, the boy genius uh, three gals, and that's been sort of my vibe for the week, which has been really nice, actually. Um, I mentioned, I'd say about four months ago, that I watched uh, the first episode of Succession and it didn't grab me. But this week, or on Sunday rather, my housemate and I finished Ozark. It was excellent. It was brilliant. 100% recommend it. Watch it. Give it even the first episode and, and you'll be hooked. Um, but we are now replacing that with Succession and I've watched the first two episodes of it and I'm about it. I'm about it. I think I just mustn't have been in the right mindset for That's it. That's fair. I've heard the that a few time times. Before. Um, and, like, also... and maybe it's like I, I kind of wanted to watch it with somebody. Yeah. And the last time I tried to watch it on my own and I was like, I don't know. Like this feels like something I want to kind of like turn to somebody beside me and be like, oh, um, I do like the young Culkin in it. Uh, he's, he's brilliant. Very funny. It. He's so good. Um, he's very good. And I just like, it's, they're kind of, their family dynamic is so immediate. Like they're so, they're so believable as a family. Um, and all thoroughly hateful people. And I, I really, really like it. So succession. Um, I'm continuing my studio Ghibli journey and I watched Hell's Moving Castle for the first time on, Sunday night I think um and that was just an absolute pleasure a joy um really beautiful and it's funny because I listen to the soundtracks from those films a lot so I I often think that I've already seen the film but I haven't I've just I just know the soundtrack very well um because I listen to the scores while I'm like writing or just relaxing um, so that was good. And then the other thing I've been doing during my social media break to kind of like move myself from one screen to another is I've started playing um, my housemates Nintendo Switch. Um, and so I have played and completed my first video game <laughs> since 2013, I think. It's been about seven or eight years since I've completed a game, apart from a game called Brothers 
but that game only takes like two hours to play so I didn't count that um and so I played Link's Awakening and it was fabulous I loved it and it was brilliant um and I miss it and so now I've started playing Breath of the Wild which is a thoroughly different experience because <laughs> I'm not like I'm terrible with anything even remotely open world and this is like the the openest world you can have like it's the map is absolutely huge I, I'm constantly getting lost and it's like from what I've read online it's the kind of game where you should just go and get lost and explore which I don't do so well okay. with um because you then need I, rules. End up, I, I I I need to have like okay now I've you know I've collected the seashell from here I need to go to the next place and complete the dungeon and beat the boss and then the, go to the next place and then I win the game uh whereas this kind of ex exploratory I mean I used to play a lot of Skyrim but like it's kind of like big exploring world I'm just I don't know so I'm playing that a little bit but I'm also playing the Lego Harry Potter as well which is very like here is a task do the task they're children's games they're very easy um but just getting amongst the Nintendo Switch and being about it and uh I've been really enjoying it if anyone hasn't played Link's Awakening highly recommend very it. good very very fun okay time. yeah it's great nice games games yeah they can be good <laughs> i i find my uh, myself playing games when i just need to switch my brain off and i know sometimes like you know switch your brain off it's like the most active my brain has been in like since college well, it feels like a different like, kind of it feels like a different and, kind of brain activity like, than what i do for a living do you know what i mean like it's not as yeah it's not as like i'm not trying to um process as much in the same sort of way so i often feel like it's a totally True. different thing so um yeah uh i what have i been doing this week the only thing really i can think of i really want to watch succession again i will uh, i'm still continuing i'm what i'm still <laughs> watching the uh sopranos um the sopranos no, nothing okay. more than where are uh, you now just season, season four. four yeah yeah so nothing more than that um and other than that what am i doing um i've listened to a lovely album from i listen to a lot of new music um actually and um one of the albums i listened to a lot in the last week is kind of ambient electronic stuff from uh caitlin aurelia smith it's called the mosaic of transformation really really lovely um and every week for the patreon subscribers i put together a kind of a nine or nine weekly um playlist and i've listened to a lot of stuff off that this week uh a lot of things from the likes of kelsey lou uh some kenneth lamar from old stuff and there's some gil scott heron actually um and things like that just uh it's not all new music it's like all sorts of stuff that i'm listening to at the moment so um i've been really enjoying that um and that's really cool. it to be honest um i will be doing another nile or nine quiz this sunday on youtube so i have to come up with a load of questions for that so that's that's next um so i'll be doing that uh, in the next uh 72 hours probably um it's hard enough to come up with 50 questions every week um oh here i've only damnest. done one quiz where i hosted it and uh it was really fun putting the questions together but i had like it wasn't just about music so it made it a little bit easier 
But um, yeah, no, like doing it as often as you are. I don't know. I'll 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 give you some of my questions from my music. Oh, that'd be even a Kickstarter. You know what I mean? It's like a a little Kickstarter. You're like, oh yeah, I can do a question about that. That would be handy. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) it is hard. Uh, I I I'll throw. I thought I was going to do a lyrics round like every week, and then I was like, there's no way I'm doing a lyrics round every every time I do this. Just too much. Um, but it is a lot of fun, and uh, it is, you know, yeah. It is it is quite taxing actually, but uh, in a really good way. So, um, the prizes of this week are a load of beer from uh, uh, O'Hara's. So uh, that's what we'll be giving away this week. Um, uh, other than that, uh, that's really it. That's all I've been thinking about. That's all I've been doing. Um, yeah, we did say last week that we would do our um midpoint albums of the year so far, but then we decided against it because. Phoebe Bridges is coming out this week and there's a couple of albums that we want to listen to before we kind of settle on that like mid-year list. Yes. So that is coming, but in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, we'd also be doing just that in on case the site anybody as well was expecting uh, that in the next week. couple of weeks as well. So yeah. still a bit of more, a few more albums to come out that uh, I want to yeah. give a bit more time to before there's some of them. Yeah. And there's there's so many albums that I haven't listened to yet that I know I like. Well, that's fair. That's actually um, what I've been doing a lot in the last week was going back and listening to some of those albums that I had marked and put into a folder, put into a playlist. And I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this enough yet. So I've been also doing that. So, um, yeah, time to do that. So but I've been doing a lot of music listening. That's really, really what I've been doing the last week. I also listened to The Rabbit Hole what podcast did I talk about that last week? I did. Oh yes, yes you I mentioned did. that last week. I yeah, yeah. All that last week. Um, and that's it. Um, have I watched? Oh, what film did I watch this week? Oh, I watched Mad Max Fury Road again. Um, which is oh, it's so good. it is so good, isn't it? It's like a brilliant it's so action good. movie. Like I hear oh. they're they're now going to make another one. Um, do you know what? Do you know what George Miller did other than uh the the Mad Max films? Are you aware of what he did other than those? Because it's kind of mental when you think about it. Doesn't he have like a really sporadic, thematic kind of career? Well, I mean, other than the Mad Max films, the other things he did, he directed, was um, Babe and Babe Pig in the City. Yes, I did know that he did Babe. Happy Feet. Well, Babe is one of my favorite films of all time. There you go, George Miller. So he did it all. Yeah, there you go. But it is a very, it is a a very entertaining um, action film and uh, I would recommend watching it if you haven't seen it for a long time. Uh, Definitely worth doing so. And I think that's pretty much it from uh, myself this week. Um, Yeah. That's uh, all from me as well. That's all from you. We are closing the podcast. (laughs) Realizing I don't have a song ready for the end of the podcast. Oh, what we do. So... I will spin the wheel and I'll play uh, a new track that came out this week from Cool Girl, who is uh, Lizzie Fitzpatrick from uh, Bitch Falcon, who is uh, releasing some stuff, kind of uh, electronic, electro kind of stuff she's making um, while, you know, things are doing, you know, while everyone's in lockdown, whatever. Um, So... Gaussian Blur is the name of the song. It is from Lizzie from Bitch Falcon. You can find this song, Cool Girl, all one word, um, on Spotify and all those uh, streaming services. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about? Oh, God only knows uh, what we'll be talking about next week. 
God, God, God only knows. Only um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Andrea, always good to chat to you and for you. the podcast. Thank you, listeners. We're, I think we're really getting used to this now. Aren't yeah, we? no, like, I think it's going to be weird when we go back to doing it in person. We'll be like, what, what is this? Um, but I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> we can do that again yeah. at some point. Yeah. For sure. Okay, this is a Cool Girl with Gaussian Blur. And uh, talk to you next week. Bye.